Pastor, we wrap up our Agricultural Parables of Jesus series today. Starting next Sunday, we will begin a new series on the prophet Elijah. So I encourage you to, to read up on Elijah and come ready to engage with God's Word with us starting next week. But for today, we're still in the Gospels, and it is the Gospel of Matthew. Once again, it is chapter 13, but this time it's verses 1 through 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that whatever it is you would have us to hear, we hear it with clarity. We pray that you surprise us, challenge us, move us, whatever you see fit. May your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. I'm compelled to believe that the sower in Jesus' parable here is actually uh, the landowner himself. I do not believe that the sower is a hired hand. The reason being is that if the sower were a hired hand, I do not believe they would be employed very much longer after this round of planting. What type of farmer sows seeds in places that they know that those seeds will not grow? What kind of farmer does that? This sower is just slinging seed everywhere with a reckless abandon. Doesn't matter if it's the path or the rocky soil or the the ground that is covered with thorns or the good soil. This sower is just slinging seeds every which way. It's reckless. Seed flying everywhere. It's, it's, It's not calculated. There is no regard for prudence. 
There is no plan. There is no protocol for proper planting. There is only slinging. I know a lot of farmers, and I know a lot of good farmers. I only know a couple not so good. Um, But the good ones, they do not sow in places that the seed will not grow. There is a plan for a good farmer. There is a protocol for proper planting. Good planting is not reckless. It is done in a responsible way that takes into account many different factors. One such factor is the soil type. In one geographic area, uh, soil types can vary greatly. You have sandy land, you have clay land, you have silty soil, and you have loamy soil. As you can imagine, some soils produce better than others. Loamy soil will outperform sandy soil for most crops. Loamy soil will also outperform uh, clay for most things. But regardless of what type of soil you are dealing with, uh, a good farmer will always take the time to get a soil sample. A soil sample helps the farmer know what kind of nurture this particular piece of ground needs. So you can add a certain amount of nitrogen or, or this or that to get the pH levels to a place that the soil can be productive. It takes time for the farmer. It takes work. But a good farmer can take a less than ideal soil and make it fruitful. It is possible for things to thrive in places that make no sense for them to thrive with some good, loving nurture from the farmer. After all, friends, think about it. Sandy land cannot help the fact that it is sandy land. Clay land cannot help the fact that it's clay. Rocky soil cannot help the fact that it is rocky. A path cannot help the fact that it is a path. Land that is overran with thorns and thistles cannot help themselves be cleared. The land that is less than ideal for bearing an abundant harvest needs a little help from the farmer. The land cannot do it on its own, no matter how abundant the seed has been cast. And here's where the parable of the sower, its interpretation needs a little interpretation. You see, I didn't read the interpretation uh, for the gospel reading a moment ago, but I want to share it with you now. You see, this, this parable is unique. This parable is different than almost every other parable in that it has an interpretation. It has an explanation. Parables by nature typically do not use an interpretation or an explanation on purpose. There is meant to be some uh, degree of wonder as to what happened and what does this all mean. But in this case, we have an explanation. 
and I believe that this explanation, this interpretation may need a little interpretation. So here now, the parable of the sower explained. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what is sown on the path. As for what is sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what is sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what has been sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. The truth is, some of us are a little rocky. And we cannot help ourselves not be. If we could, if we could clear out the rocks on our own, we would have done it already. We need a little help from the farmer. Some of us are being choked out by the weeds that are overrunning our lives. And we can't clear the weeds ourselves. We can't remove all the thorns and the thistles ourselves. If we could, we would have done it already. We need a little help from the farmer. Some of us right now have hearts and minds and spirits that are hardened, just like the path. We can't cultivate ourselves and, and soften ourselves up to the point that, that we can receive the seed. If we could, we would have done it already. We need some help from the farmer. You know, in John's gospel, chapter one, John tells us that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was in the beginning with God, and all things, all things come into being through the word. And without the word, no thing comes into being. Jesus, the word, was there in the beginning, casting seeds, seeds of life in all directions, just slinging them every which way. And then later, Later on down the road in John's gospel, after the word is crucified, dead, and buried, 
he emerges from the tomb. And he appears to one of his closest followers, Mary Magdalene. And what does she do? She mistakes him for the gardener. And we know that Mary Magdalene was not mistaken. The one who cast the seed in the beginning in a reckless fashion is also the same one who entered into the garden of our sin. He pulled the weeds, he picked out the rocks, he tilled the path in a reckless fashion out of a reckless love in the hopes that all will come to know life abundant. What a farmer. What a good, good farmer. What a good, good God. Let us pray. God, thank you for tending to your dust, to your dirt, to your soil. Thank you for doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And thank you for life that in your love never ends. In the name of the one who sows the seeds of life, we pray. And all God's people say, Amen.